Pouring Next just one. gives a little little test. I hate volleyball and golly. <laughs> <laughs> Is he going to get a bolly king off after this now? Or? I will <laughs> let him do a press conference I know, but oh, I only got it there for a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's, uh, that's why Dan Burke gets paid the big money. Indeed. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the One Football Podcast. I didn't know you were hanging with Manchester City stars. I wouldn't say hanging with, I was hanging virtually with um, former Manchester City defender Nader Manuaha, who now plays for Rail Salt Lake in MLS, actually. And he does his own podcast called Kickback with Nadem, which is very, very good. I would recommend uh, people check it out, but obviously listen to this podcast first. Why were you on his podcast? It, he was on my podcast. Uh, well, not my podcast, but uh, a city podcast that my friend does called The Blue Moon Podcast. Uh, he joined us as a uh, guest on that recently. Okay. And what did he, did he have anything interesting to say? Uh, he went in two-footed on Stuart Pearce, which I absolutely loved. Um, talking about the you know the infamous game when Pierce put David James up front for the last few minutes. Did he play in that game? Uh, he did, yeah. Oh wow! And yeah, he was just talking about what a ridiculous thing that was to do, basically. So yeah, very very funny. Okay, well check it out. Yeah, what, what, Blue Moon podcast. Blue Moon podcast. It was a recent live uh, recording that we did. Yeah, you did it live. We did over Zoom. Yeah, nice. with a, with a studio audience. Not really. Really. You're such a superstar. Oh, well. Wow. Anyway, joining me, Ian McCourt, on today's One Football Podcast is superstar Dan Burke. Hello there. Uh, less of a superstar, but no less loved, is Porg Whelan. Hello. And Joel Sanderson-Murray. Hi. Sorry, Joel, you're just not, not quite at the superstar quite level just yet. Joel, I'll take that, yeah. No. The Firmino of the trio, Joel. <laughs> I mean, I'll absolutely take that, definitely. Exactly. Well, hold on. Does that make... That makes you... Well, no, Dan's obviously oh, I, don't, I, yeah, I didn't think it through before I, uh, before I started, I'm afraid. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, Dan, Dan is Salah, I'm afraid. He's rubbing shoulders with, with famous people. He's got to be the Salah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> anyway, podcast1football.com is where you can send any love, any gifts, any abuse you may have for all of the team here. And there is only one place we can start this week. It's Andrea Pirlo. Goodness me, Porik, you're our, our so-called Italian expert. What? What happened? What's the background to all of this? Yeah, it was a crazy, uh, crazy weekend. Um, yeah, so pretty much when Juve got knocked out of the Champions League Friday night from Lyon, and then there was talk, I think, quite quickly after the game that they were going to sack Sarri and that their mind had been made up before the game that if they did lose, then that would be the end of it. And he pretty much he said as much in his pre-match press conference. He kind of... You knew that he was aware that if he didn't win this game, it was probably going to spell the end. And then, sure enough, I think the next afternoon, they announced he was sacked. And then four hours later, that was probably the big surprise of it all. Was I don't think anybody would have thought they would have replaced him so quickly. And then to replace him with, with the man that they did was, yeah, what a surprise. Um, with, with Sarri, was it just the elimination at Leon, I get. Or there's some. I guess there's more underlying issues there as well. Yeah, I don't think like the players were all that happy with him. Even though like he clearly didn't have the players, like the board probably have to take a lot of the responsibility as well because he doesn't have the players that that can play that Sarismo 
they call it in Italy that kind of football that he he had the Napoli team playing that everybody loved and they were like kind of the neutrals favourite they obviously didn't have the players that could do that and it didn't work out that way like that was why Allegri was sacked they kind of wanted more of a an attacking and entertaining style of football that could also deliver the Champions League so they weren't asking a lot of the guy I suppose and then sure enough when he, he didn't deliver like that is the big one I mean Allegri was sacked last year for he still won the league but didn't do too well in Europe they got knocked out in the quarterfinals from Ajax then this year another coach wins the league for them and again he's been sacked as well so yeah I think it is like there are issues and stuff with players and even like Ronaldo he had his run-ins with him and that's obviously never going to go down well but all of that could probably have been forgiven if he did the job in Europe and obviously didn't even come close mm. Is there an argument to be made that Sarri and his style just doesn't work at a bigger club where you don't have that sort of underdog run all day mentality where you've got to break down teams a bit more? Yes, that could be true actually because like, at Empoli that was it was the same kind of thing there. He didn't play like the same system, but it was like really entertaining to watch. And he played like two up front, which not a lot of teams do even in Italy anymore, like or anywhere else in the world, let alone in Italy. You just don't often see like a two man strike partnership and he kinda of, he had that system at Empoli. So he was he did show like there as well that he's not like wedded to the four three three and stuff that he used at Napoli and at, at UV as well. And it's like he did well at Chelsea though like people kind of you do forget like it was a completely new culture and stuff and that was a big step up for him it went to the Premier League and they didn't I mean they got unlucky in that League Cup final against Man City like maybe if he'd gone his way with a substitution and extra time maybe they could have <laughs> could have won that game and then they, they won a Europa League final so like he wasn't Definitely wasn't a failure, I wouldn't say, at Chelsea. And then he's won a league title at UV as well. So, I mean, there might be something to it that he's, he is better suited to to a club that, you know, the pressure's not insane. But he has he's done well at UV and Chelsea. I don't think it's harmed his reputation all that much. Um, that substitution, or lack thereof, is maybe my favourite substitution in the history of football. <laughs> one, one City the, the cup, Dan, eh? Well, I don't know about that, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think it. I think he probably uh, smoked a few extra packets of fags that night, didn't he? <laughs> um, why didn't they go for the obvious choice, Borg? Is that Pochettino? Uh, yeah. What's the obvious? Yeah. Who's... Well, I was, was going to say Ronaldo. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> No, I guess I mean, the obvious the obvious choice was Pochettino. Why why wouldn't they go for him? I've got a theory on this. Can I can I throw this? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I right. love a wild. I love a wild. Theory My theory well. is uh, there's a big big manager whose contract runs out next summer. Can you tell me who that is? Pep Guardiola. Exactly. So one year they just need to fill one year with a guy who, even if he does quite well, there's not going to be like you know a great deal of opposition to him being moved into part of the backroom staff. Guardiola can come in, take over, and uh, and take it from there. Pep and Pirlo is like a that's my duo. that's my Oof. theory. Whether whether Guardiola will definitely go for it, I don't know, but I reckon he he fancies a crack at Italy one day. There's been talk of him going to Juve in the past. I don't know if he's going to extend his contract at City, so that's what I think is going to happen. That's always There's been all... a murmur, hasn't it, that Guardiola going to Italy and a little shattered because it's probably the only big country he's not really done yet, and but they. The thing is, I mean, what, what if Pelo is successful and he does 
you know, he obviously might, well, should win Serie A, but what if he does get to the semi-finals of the Champions League or, heaven forbid, win the Champions League? Does Perlo then not, you know, is, is he just a backstop or, or sorry, a stopgap, should I say? Or, you know, is there a long-term thing with, with Perlo there? I'm not too sure. I like to use a backstop there. <laughs> very There's very, one word, I say stopgap, yeah, but, you know. Yeah, very brexit <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, so what happens there? What if he does, what if he pulls a Di Matteo? Did they have to give him a contract? Now? Maybe. I think like they kind of know that he probably won't do that well. Um, I mean, he's got no experience. The squad isn't where they probably want it to be to win the Champions League. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it might make things awkward for them, but I suspect he probably won't, to be honest. Yeah. I also you know think, I, like, why Pochettino didn't get it and what might stand in Pep's way, but, I mean, if Guardiola offers him set or wants the job, then... Um, chances are they're not going to turn them down. Is like Juve, they, they don't really do foreign coaches like that much. Like I think since the seventh nineteen seventy, they've had two, and both of those guys had like links to the club, like had played for them. So like it, they not a club that kind of takes the risk. And like you saw, I think Zidane and stuff was linked as well. And it's like where you could kind of see that a bit more. Like he's a foreign coach, but he's got like that tie to them but I think like Dan what you're saying is even with all that factored in I think it's more of a risk with Pochettino whereas if Pep does kind of throw the feelers out that he wants it then yeah it'd be quite hard to I'm going to put I'm going to put you on the spot here Porik can you name the last non-Italian coach to Mm. manage Juventus I can Didier Deschamps oh (laughs) and could you name the one before that no he didn't he only last Uh, it's like some Czech it's Remember, like Zenic Zemin, that was like the really famous mm-hmm. attacking. Like it's his uncle. That's what I know. It's his uncle, but I could never pronounce his name. I'm I just not know. even gonna. I'm yeah. gonna tell you, you are a hundred percent right. It is Zenic Zemin's uncle. Yeah, um, I knew that. But again, but again, I can't pronounce the name. If anybody's listening and knows, please let us give us a shout. <laughs> yeah, it's um, tough. Um, Porik Dan mentions the squad, and uh, our, we mentioned the squad, and as you know. You know, maybe a need for a clear out. Is that the first thing on on Pirlo's list? Yeah, I think so. Like, oh, you, you see already, like a lot of the reports and stuff in Italy, they're talking like that they're going to get rid of like nine players. I think like they named Higuain, Kadira, Ramsey, Rugani, and Decilio are all like. I think they pretty much said they've all already got their suitcases packed. Like all those guys, so Ramsey definitely. Yeah, I mean, like I, I think that's harsh. As well to get rid of Aaron Ramsey, yeah, a little, but, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, he's only but, been there for one season. He had a couple of injuries, right? Yeah, and then when he played, like he was just coming into good form as well. Like before the league got shut down in March, and he'd like scored against Inter and stuff in the last game. So yeah, he was kind of coming on to a bit of a game. But I mean, I think he is on a lot of money. So if they could find somebody, especially if you've got like Artur coming in now as well, that will probably make it. A little harder for him to, to move up oh. in the pecking order. So okay. yeah, but I'm I'm surprised at that one as well. Um, what does uh, his appointment mean for Sandro Tonali? Because everybody is talking about him. Oh the, yeah, the the new peer though, coached <laughs> by the peer though. Yeah, because there's a lot of teams that are still linked with him. So I mean, I don't know that. I think Juve would want him, but I could see them going. From maybe like Locatelli or something, like off Sassuolo, who might be a little cheaper or easier to get, because I think like Inter obviously are like desperate to get Tonali as well. Mm-hmm. So okay. it's 
it would be good though. I do. I would really enjoy that. I mean, if he did go to Juve, no, no better man to learn from. I read the other day that they've uh, abandoned their pursuit of Jorginho now that Sarri's left. <laughs> and um, <laughs> some, someone on Twitter said Sarri's going to buy him with his own money and just do training <laughs> drills in his back garden with him. <laughs> uh, um, one of the one of the players being linked with a move away, uh, Ronaldo. Is he off to PSG? Do we believe this? No. Nah, surely not. No, I wouldn't. Okay. I think uh, I think the Galactico project's kind of failed, though, hasn't it so far? I think it might be the best thing if he does leave and they just kind of build the team around somebody else, someone like Tonali, maybe start again. Because I just don't think it's really working with Ronaldo. He doesn't, you know, there was that that footage going around of him throwing a big tantrum after the um, after the defeat to Leon the other night, and you kind of think. Is that is that the sort of character you, you want in your team? Really, I don't know. I, I surely change that he considers himself still want to play off the left, and and that he, you know he's not weathered to play in the front because I think he just perfect to be that number nine kind of striker nowadays. I mean, I'm not going to criticise Ronaldo too much because I can't be arsed with me DMs <laughs> getting up from certain people. So and they will but, yeah. find you. <laughs> way, don't Trust me, they find you. <laughs> Liam Neeson's got nothing on those lads, has he? <laughs> <laughs> um, why aren't they building it around Dybala? That seems like the obvious choice, Porg. Yeah, because he he is like their best player. Like it's it's not even close. Like if you took Ronaldo out of that team, like I think Juve for all that he did well in the Champions League, and he's like I think the only man to score a knockout goal for them in the last two years. But Dybala is like. The main man, like if you took him out, then there's a chance that they don't win the league this season. But if you took Ronaldo out for all the goals that he scored, he's just yeah, he's not as important to them. Which makes it all the more crazy that they were actively trying to sell him like, last summer and remember like deadline day and Tottenham were seemed to be in the frame for him right up to to the end, and then eventually it never went through. But that would have been just totally shooting yourself in the foot if they'd ever decide to get rid of Dybala over Ronaldo. Okay, uh, Zola described the appointment as courageous. Is courageous the right word? Stupid? What's your sort of summing up of it all? Yeah, it's, yeah courageous, I suppose. But like Dan's saying, I, I agree with Dan where he's said that he don't think the club probably expect that much from him. Like, it's, it is obviously a, a huge risk that... It's the quickest promotion of all time. Was it like twentieth <laughs> of July or something that he got given the under twenty threes job? So yeah, I, I don't think you could expect all that much. He's not even done his exams yet, has he? Is yeah, that's right. He's got exams, to do yeah. them in September. Yeah, and he's—I don't think he's technically going to be the head coach until he's done his exams. Yeah, like, it's like Baronio, Baronio I think Roberto it, yeah. Baronio. Yeah, he's like the head coach nominally, but Perlo will obviously be able to sit on the bench and pick the team and all that sort of stuff. Okay, but he's he's head coach in, in everything but yeah, basically. Okay, uh, Italian teams, Porik, anything to mention about Inter Europa League Monday night? They made it. Yeah, they they probably should have won by by a lot more as well as that they were given two penalties and had two penalties taken away from them. Probably the right decisions actually mm. both times, but yeah, they, they I thought they were quite comfortable. Um, they played they played well. They look as if yeah. For all Antonio Conte's complaining about them not not being that good a team and deserving more respect and stuff like that, they're, yeah, they are obviously a good team. They've really good shout of winning that. Um, just a final question on that: there was a little bit of talk of Conte getting sacked, but surely that's not true. 
I think yeah, there was talk that he was he was gonna like leave because he was like so angry about like not receiving much protection. But it was just like classic kind of what he does where he just throws these like tantrums kinda over <laughs> over these nothing things. But I think like I, there's like seen like new stories now about how that he's seen what's happened at UV and he's thought, well, like they're kinda the kind of it's a massive risk and stuff that they're taking with Pirlo, so he'll look at UV probably next season as being like as vulnerable as they've been since like the season before he he took over like nine years ago. So I think he'll mend his fences or whatever with like the inter president when he eventually does sit down and talks to him because yeah, I think he'll quite he'll quite fancy knocking them off their perch next season. Well, that, that's, I, know, I know I said earlier that, you know, Pirlo probably should win Serie A, but let me surprise you. The Serie A is quite competitive next season because I think if you look, if you look at it, I, I, I don't think Juventus are showing next year at all. I mean, if you look at Inter, we're only one point off winning it this season. Um, you look at the improvement AC Milan have made, let's see whether that's just a bit of good good form or whether there have been real improvements in the Pioli. But there's also the Atalanta question. I know some of their best players are heading into the twilight of their career, um, but they could still have another year where they do what they've done this season. And, you know, Juventus, are, you know, Project just said there, they are vulnerable. Um, and Conte will be looking at that. I, I really think Serie A is going to be probably the most exciting title race next season. I think we definitely want to keep an eye on. Mm, yep. Ten in a row is not easy to do. <laughs> good, luck, good luck to UV going for it. Not easy. You know all about that. I do. Uh, so Champions League is back uh, with a, a natty new format too. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But there were some games already played. Leon did Juve, Barca did Napoli, Bayern did Chelsea, City did Madrid. Uh, it's the last one I want to focus on, Dan. Uh, you were nervous beforehand. Uh, what about during the match? It seemed easy enough for City. Yeah, I was nervous beforehand because, you know, there was there was five months between the two legs and after the first leg, uh, came away from that thinking, well, City have got one foot in the, the quarterfinal here, should be quite easy in the second leg. And then with the big gap because of the pandemic and uh, Real Madrid going on to win the, the title, you know, with every day that got closer to the, the second leg, you're kind of getting a bit worried. And, you know, there have been times uh, in the past couple of months when City haven't played particularly well. Um, so yeah, I was a little bit nervous, and then I reckon about two minutes into the game on Friday night, <laughs> I was like, Real Madrid are very nervous here. They don't look up for this at all. They don't look right, and uh, and then City went one 0 up, and I thought we'll we'll win this quite easily. And in the end, they sort of they sort of made hard work of it a bit. City, you know, the, the goal that they conceded was a bit dodgy um, defensively, um, but they were in control for most of the game, I think, really. And then once the second goal came. It was time to relax, and in fact, I was I was mostly watching the Juventus Leon game after that second goal went in to see who would be playing in the next round. Oh, hey! You uh, were so you were so confident you switched off the game. Cigars were lit, you know. It was all feet were on the desk. Yeah. Uh, what was interesting to me is that uh, City obviously beat Madrid. It didn't feel like a big deal. Like a couple of seasons ago, you would have thought, "Wow, City beat Madrid," but it didn't really feel like that at all. An unusual one, I would say. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's something to do with the fact that the games are being played behind closed doors, and that's a bit weird, isn't it? Still, t- still not really used to that. And you know, although Madrid did go on to win the the Liga title, I don't know if they are a vintage Real Madrid team. I don't know if they're, they're as good as the teams that won the Champions League. Um, was it three years in a row they won it? A few years ago. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, they're, they're not a bad side, but they're not a great side, and especially without Sergio Ramos, who was up in the stands dressed like a uh, vintage barbershop owner, wasn't he? <laughs> um, apparently, he was. I was reading um, the journalist Sam Lee, who was at the game, was saying that Ramos was like um, stood up in the stands, basically like leading the back line, like almost sort of doing a sort of coaching job on the back line throughout the game. So I think they really missed his presence on the pitch, and um, there was a time, you know, just after the first leg, where I was thinking. Would we have, would we have rather had a third goal in that first leg and and uh, and not got Ramos sent off and not got having suspended in the end? I think that was probably what killed it for Madrid, really. Yeah, um, are we seeing? And it just throws out to all of you: Are we seeing the end of a Real Madrid cycle here? A lot of players over the age of thirty, key players too, who've played I, a lot of games. I think this could be maybe like the start of one though, because they've got a lot of like, young guys that you're kind of waiting on, like all these young Brazilians, like. Was it they've got three of them like an attack yeah, that you kind of they yeah. could be due to maybe explode onto the scene in, in, over the next few years? But yeah, I think yeah. like at the back it's a problem because when Ramos goes, like Dan's saying how important he is to them, then that could be a big problem because yeah. Militao is decent. But, oh, god, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's not a good look. Um, we mentioned the new knockout format. I'm all for it. Is is anybody else with me? It's like it feels like a World Cup, doesn't it? That's the best part yeah. about it. Yeah, it's it's a novelty, really. I mean, it's it's the only way they could have finished the Champions League, really. Um, I'm excited for it. Yeah, why not bring it on? Do we think that any? It's obviously going to be different to every other Champions League that's gone ahead uh, or that we've had before. Do we think that anybody who wins it this time around sort of has a little asterisk beside their name? Wow, speaking from a, a, a fan of the club <laughs> who, who's had the uh, qualms of having Astro connect to their Premier League title win. Um, I, uh, I mean, I don't want to be all... I, I don't want to shoot somebody in the force and say this isn't the way the Champions League begun, so it shouldn't be really because there's got competition. But, no, it, it is a, a little weird, but... I, yeah, Say I, it, I Joel. Tell, no, tell I, the people I, I how you think feel. It's, I don't think it's fair for, for an asterisk to be put next to it or it to be considered any less of a, a win. Um, it might depend who it is, though, no? Well, like yeah. If, like if Leon go on and win it, people will be like, nah, they would never <laughs> have beaten City over two legs. Whereas if City go on and win it, you're like, yeah, you could have saw Man City winning it. Maybe I don't. I mean, I mean, if City win it, I won't consider it a real win. Uh, <laughs> but, but no, but you, you still got to beat. Even, even though you are playing, you know, two less games because you're not playing the second leg because the quarters and the semis, you've still got to beat some of the best teams in Europe. Or Leon. To win it, so you, you know, you are you should be considered worthy champions. The only issue is you're not going to celebrate like normal or have the. The parade and all that kind of thing. So I guess it's it's all going kind of watered down, but that won't matter much to City fans if they win it. You know, on the twenty third, it'll mean a lot to them. Um, and for local fans who will be very jealous of not winning it this year, we can just say it oh, was all a fraud anyway. Oh come on, you've won six. Let someone else have a go. <laughs> do, do you know? Could you not argue that um, it's it's arguably one of the harder Champions Leagues to win, given that you don't have the security of a second leg. It yeah. is a bit of a anyone can beat anyone. You don't have your home fans behind you for, for either of those, those legs. I mean, 
So yeah. you're saying it's the opposite of an yeah, Aston Villa. This is the Ooh. ultimate champion yes. of champions. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I will withdraw that uh, opinion if City don't win it. So, yeah. <laughs> it, it's an interesting take because I think if you look at the Europa League last night, obviously Inter deserved to win and should have won more, like Project said before. And it was only two, you know, well, Leverkusen got that away goal in a way. So if they had played a second leg, you would have said Leverkusen was in a strong position to get through. But Obviously, one last tie into have gone through and, and are in a case to got their place in the semis. So it is such a really interesting dynamic that you've now not got that security or you're not playing a game over 180 minutes. It's 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 fascinating. I, th- I think there is maybe something in that, but because again, you're playing every three days, aren't you? Now as well, you're getting it all done in, in in a week or two weeks. The the whole of the knockout mm-hmm. round. So it's there's that to look into as well. But no, that's interesting. I- I think I'm with Dan. I think yeah. it might be harder. No away goals as well, which I think is one of the worst things about football. So what, that rule, yeah, yeah, just in general, yeah, I just yeah. think it's such a crock of shit that it's really outdated. So it is very yeah. outdated. Yeah, I hope I hope they get rid of that. You know, even when they do bring t- two-legged ties back. I, I think okay. beating um, Juventus, Chelsea, and the best AC Milan side in history with Jimmy Traore left back is probably the hardest Champions League to win. But <laughs> let's not mention 2005 now. <laughs> No, no, Try no. when it we all local guys, just guys flow from <laughs> up the road from the stadium. That's even harder. Against the might of Cantonaccio. <laughs> yes, exactly. Mm. Isn't there some ridiculous stat they were all from within like 10 seconds? Sort, of the 30 miles, yeah. 30 miles. The Lisbon Lions, is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lisbon Lions, yeah. Uh, as for the games itself, it's Atalanta v PSG, Atletico Madrid v Leipzig, Barca Bayern, Man City, Leon, Porig. For those who've been living under a rock, uh, looking to escape COVID nineteen, um, let the people know what Atalanta are and and what they do so very very well. They're very very good, and they score a lot of goals. Uh, pretty much, they're just they are the most exciting team I think to watch in Europe. They're just so entertaining, and it's. It's like because Italian football's really like come a long way, like even the last ten years or so, where teams that used to be quite frowned upon in games, where if you racked up a bit of a score and stuff there, then you know you just kind of took it easy, and they just will not do it. They are just like relentless. So they scored ninety-eight goals this season. And they scored seven three different times, which is just like insane in a league like it's that difficult as well. So. Yeah, they're just, and they've just got so many good players. Like people probably know that the main ones like Papu Gomez and Elicic and Zapata and like Froilan, Darun. Like just got all these really talented players that are great to watch. They've got a Ukrainian guy, Malinovsky, who's probably got the hardest shot. <laughs> yeah. Anyone in the world, any time he hits it, it just seems to be an absolute rocket. It's incredible. But yeah, the only the only downside for them for this is like um, they're missing Elicic is like the top scorer for them this season, like in all competitions, and he's won't be in Portugal for like personal reasons. He's back home, and then the goalkeeper as well, Golini is um, he's injured, and our backup goalkeeper isn't very good. Like he was, it's Marco Sportiello. He was like quite highly rated, maybe five six years ago, and he's really not developed that people he's just really bad with shots that are quite close to him as well so that's that's kind of a big blow for them that against a team like PSG that you're going to have to rely on a backup goalkeeper it's a real shame like in the biggest game they've probably ever played 
I've not watched a lot of football, but I do believe keepers have to be good at saving close-range shots. Yeah, they they do, they do. <laughs> and against Mbappe and Neymar and Icardi and all these guys, even more so. But what's the what's the latest on Mbappe? Are we expecting him to be fit? He's training. He's back in training, so he could be. Yeah. Oh, that's not good news. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I tell you this, I I'm going to put it out there. Atalanta are going to win this. The, the whole tournament, do you mean? No, not the tournament. Oh, okay. no, that, that would be a step too far. But uh, I think they're going to beat PSG. I, I do think there's something in that because... Come on, Joel. The thing is with PSG, you know, obviously they're brilliant. They've got a lot of great attacking talent and, and quality all over the pitch, to be honest. But my, my worry with them is, is how structured they're going to be and how serious they'll take Atalanta. Um, especially if, if they've done what they've done in the first two games, the, the two finals they played since coming back, they've tend to start with a you know a four four two or a four two two two, and Neymar's played off the left, which a left of a four man in the field, which is just wild, which just screams kid on FIFA. Um, and you know <laughs> if if, if to get the chance to, to do their game and, and they're up for it and and they manage to get their flows going, they'll they'll cause some damage. And obviously PSG could just go and score three down the other end themselves, but. They've got, to, they've got to have some worry about about Atalanta and they've got to take it seriously. And you know, I think they'll start under Herrera, who could do a job on that. So if they do start him, then maybe they'll be a little bit better. But no, I've got a sneaky fear off on Zill doing, you know. Well, I don't know, Dan, thinking... this is the Atalanta, isn't it, who couldn't score against Kyle Walker in the group stage. That's right, yeah. They, well, yeah. <laughs> so how, how good can you really be if. <laughs> they got beat 5 1 by City as well, which is. Uh... Got yeah, because they, they lost their first three games. I think yeah. the only team ever to qualify after losing their first three, yeah. Mm. That seems I'm, like a long time ago. They've only played like two games in, what, five months? I'm not sure they can handle the yeah, pressure. Sure. I'm not sure they can handle the, the, the pressing of uh, Atalanta. Do you know, I, I, I was looking And at, I think it would just be funny, too. That's, that's also why I think... I, I think, well, I think they're, the sort, they're, they're sort of the neutrals' favourites, aren't they, Atalanta? Everyone, everyone wants to see them have a crack at this. But I was looking at the... Um, the league earned table after it was abandoned, uh, the season was abandoned before. PSG scored 75 goals in 27 games this season. Now, I know league earns not particularly strong, but that is quite good, isn't it? It's, <laughs> it's, okay. it's okay. Yeah, that's three goals a game. <laughs> uh, let's get quick predictions for this then, Dan. I'm going to go 4-3 to PSG. Oh, wow. I'm watching that. Goal fest. Porig? Por- I think... PSG will win on penalties and Sportiello will let them down. Oh, sorry. Uh, Joe? I'm going to say Atlanta will do it if it's over 90 minutes. PSG will find a way to go to extra time. I'm not going to say score lines. I'm not going to put my hat, hat, hat on me. Oh, yeah, but yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay. Uh, uh, Atletico Madrid v RB Leipzig. Anybody have anything interesting to say about this one? I feel it's the weakest of, or let's say the least interesting of the whole one. It's such a shame Timo Werner's not there. I still don't get what his thinking behind that was. Why not just finish the season with Leipzig and then go to Chelsea? Like what? Exactly, and they'd have a good chance to win the Champions League with Werner as well. Yeah. A good chance to get Especially when you saw him like on the pitch at Wembley in like the FA Cup final, just like walking around. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> what's it? What are you doing there when you could like you're saying being? Playing in a Champions League quarter final where they've I, obviously got a chance to win the thing. I think the thinking was he wanted to get a bit more settled and, and into sort of getting used to his teammates pre season with Chelsea. But the thing is, they Chelsea would have had a break anyway. 
um, after getting knocked out of Champions yeah. League. And, uh, and so he could have technically finished Champions League of Leipzig and had like a 10-day holiday or whatever and, and still had enough time to get ready for the new season with Chelsea. So, yeah, it's really bizarre. Did he give any reason for it? Or he just said, no, I'm not interested. It, just, it is such an odd, odd decision. Yeah, as far as I know, there was no official reason. It was just what Joel said, I think. Yeah, he just wanted to get to London as quickly as possible. I've been to Leipzig. It's a very nice town, actually. I don't know what yeah, the problem was. Yeah. <laughs> you weren't dying to get to London while you were in no, Leipzig, No, no, I hate London, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was for another podcast. <laughs> of, course, of course you hate London. You're from the north. <laughs> it, it, it just goes with the territory. Absolutely. Okay, uh, I'm figuring Atletico Madrid are in a pretty good run towards the end of the season. No Timo Werner, no party. I'm going Atletico on this one. Yeah, they beat Liverpool in the last round, don't forget. And then to get past this ne- one. Never it... forget that one, Dan. Never <laughs> I, will, I never will. That, well, that was a, the last um, game pre-COVID, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. You're right. Mm. Okay, so you're going with Atletico Madrid too then? Yes. Joel? Yeah, let's go find a way. Okay, Porig? Oh uh, yeah, full host. Okay. Uh, can anyone tell me a fun fact about Barcelona against Bayern Munich? I've got one for you. Okay, go on. Uh, Barca have lost more Champions League games against Bayern than any other club. Well, Five of the eight matches they played against them, they've lost. Okay, it's, it's, not, the, it's not quite the fun fact I All was right. looking for. Here's another fun know. one. Okay, go on. <laughs> In the uh, sport, the Catalan uh, newspaper today, they were suggesting that Barca, well, that, that Setien is going to channel the spirit of Mike Bassett and play 4-4-fucking-2 <laughs> against Bayern. Apparently, yeah, it's going to be Busquets, De Jong, Vidal and Roberto in midfield and Messi and Suarez up front together. You're joking. Seriously, yeah. But what is it? They're calling it like the anti-Bayern plan. And then yeah. I saw like loads of people had found like old sport headlines from like when Pep was at Barcelona and it's like Pep and Xavi and Iniesta and these teams complaining about, oh, these teams setting up with an anti-Barca plan is so <laughs> anti-football. And it's like, Ten years later, and they're, they're doing the same thing. That sound you can hear is Johan Cruyff spinning in his grave, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, that whole anti-football thing, that was such nonsense. I hated that. That was that sanctimonious thing that they had going on, that that was the only way to play football. Oh, that was awful. Uh, but anyway, again, you didn't quite get the fun fact I wanted, Dan. Oh, go on. Uh, Sorry. So, yeah, it's they're the only two teams left in the competition that have won the trophy. Oh, well, there you go. Well, there's going, to, there's going to be a team in the final who's never won it this year, aren't there? So that'll be interesting. Yeah. Yep. I mean, we're, we're, we're really stretching the definition of fun here. Uh, <laughs> but um, how sorry are we going to feel for Leo Messi when they get knocked out? Not at uh, all, personally. <laughs> I think he's all right. <laughs> he's done enough, Annie. He? I'll be more happy to see Griezmann get knocked out than I'll feel sorry for Messi, I think. Especially if Atletico went on to win it, that would that would be quite nice for him. I'd enjoy that for Griezmann. Oh, that w- that would be funny. <laughs> he's a, he's a difficult man to like Griezmann, but he's nobody a... nobody feels sorry for Messi. Come on, they're not going to win it this year. They're waste Barcelona are wasting his good years here. He's won it before, though. I mean, he's yeah. I I mean, I feel, I feel sorry for him. He has to carry him at the moment, to be honest, because. I mean, especially the other night, if it was for him doing what he did for the second goal, I think he would have found a bit more difficult and might not have got through. Um, you know what? He, he can't keep Barca goal. Shit load of work to do, to be honest. He can't keep carrying him. I know yeah, this little chat of 
messy leave and eventually it, it all seems like a pie in the sky but I do wonder whether it's actually a bit more real nowadays than it, it has ever been because I wonder how much you can cope with it you know if in the summer they have talks and you know they throw a rebuild plan to them and this is what they're going to do I wonder whether you just go nah you know what <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm done with you so. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, Man, Man City need a new Aguero or a new somebody to fill in for Aguero when he leaves maybe Messi could could fill in there. Listen, Messi had the chance to come to City four years ago when he bottled it. <laughs> he bottled it. <laughs> he didn't fancy Stoke away on a Tuesday night, so I have no sympathy for him. If he wants to come back with his tail between his legs now, then we'll consider it. But <laughs> on our terms, what was it? Was it was it the Kaka deal where they said bottled it? Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, yes. Uh, what's the talking points for this match? What's what's anybody thinking about beforehand? No, I, I'm interested about Bayern Munich, actually, because um, everyone's looking at them as the favourites. And I think this is going to be a really interesting test for them because obviously they, they walk the Bundesliga title again. Um, and I just don't know if they are quite the, at that elite level required Ooh. to go and win the Champions League. I think, I think there could be a little surprise here. I think Barca might turn up and, and, and shock them a little bit. Oh, Joel, Ooh. are you, you going to support that take of your colleague there? Um, no, um, no, <laughs> no. I, um, I mean, I, I, I can't. I really can't see it. Um, the only thing that maybe this anti-Bayern plan. I mean, that just sounds like it's <laughs> we'll, do, we'll dog the game and Messi or Suarez will do something brilliant and we'll win that. I mean, that could happen. That could easily happen. But no, I, I, I just think Bayern are, are too good, and Lewandowski's got too much of a stick up his ass about Ballon d'Or. And not winning that, that I think he just fires his way to the semi-finals. I, I actually think Bayern could write the floor of them. I think we're looking at three or four here, to be honest. Ooh, Porig, which of your colleagues are you going to support? <laughs> um, yeah, I, honestly, I don't think Bayern have got like any weaknesses. I could see them, like Joe saying, smash Barcelona, and then if they play to like their level, I don't see anybody that's left in it touching them. Maybe City actually City, I mean, are strong a lot stronger than Barcelona. But I think I just look at that Bayern team and I don't see how you'd set up to beat them apart from going full Mike Bassett and hoping that you <laughs> nick one with Longley from a corner or something. Because so I just nobody there's nothing I can see that could stop them. We can't see any weaknesses. Maybe Alfonso no. Davies and his sense of positioning a little bit off sometimes. No, but then he's he's, he's, yeah, it. exactly. But then he gets back like there was. Games this season where like, he was like out of positions, and then he'll appear. He's not even on the TV, and then next, but two <laughs> seconds later, he's come back and won the ball completely out of shot. It's crazy how quick the guy is. Do you know what they all said? Germany had no weaknesses at the last World Cup, and look what happened to them. <laughs> just, just, just keep that in mind. That's all I'm saying. I was thinking about that recently. That was a shocker. <laughs> uh, okay, so Dan, you're going Barca and the rest of you are going Bayern by a cricket score. Yes. Okay, wow. Uh, so then we get to Man City, Leon. Joel, tell me why Leon are going to do one over Man City and Guardiola is going to miss out on the Champions League again. I mean, it would be great. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, City have never beaten Leon, um, so that's something. Um, well, they played them yeah, twice. They yeah, played them twice. Yeah. <laughs> 100%, 100% record. 100% Technically, it would be with Oh, it's like 75%. <laughs> yeah, we drew, we drew one, lost one. True. Yeah. Okay. So, so Leon have never lost a Man City, but I, I don't see it. No, I mean, 
they have done well to get this far, and and obviously they, they did a job on UV. To be honest, you know, people talk about UV's um, UV not turning up, not doing their business, but Leon did really well. He, they defended really well, and and they got Memphis back. They got the pie back. Who, you know, but that penalty was just beautiful. Imagine doing that in a, in a game where you need to score. Um, so there, there is some, there is something there. Leon can make it interesting, but. City, I was surprised. Again, I know Dan mentioned this earlier, how, how easy they made it look against Real, to be honest. Um, the control of the game. I feel like if Leon do score, City can just go and score two. City could knock out a second gear in this game and um, they'll, they'll just find their way to win very much. So Sterling looks on fire again. <clears throat> Harris best ever season goals-wise. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I know you wanted to bang the drum for Leon, but... <laughs> I just don't see unless Memphis or something brilliant and somehow they stuffily get their way to a one 0 win. Dan, tell me what the Man City defence are gonna do when Memphis is running at them. Shit themselves probably. Because <laughs> 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 that's what but they did that, last season, yeah. Yeah, that's the that's the I mean everybody knows how great City are in midfield and going forward, but the defence mm. is the vulnerability here, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean they've 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 been a little bit more solid towards the end of the season and they've got the port back now. Um they've got Fernandinho playing there as he did against Real Madrid and, and they were they were pretty solid but then they did concede that soft goal um, when, when Benzema just kind of ghosted in and Cancelo let the cross come in a bit too easily so it's always a bit of a worry with City. Uh, I think this will be a hard game. I must admit I was watching the um, Leon-Juve game and cheering Leon on towards the end because I thought I'd rather play them than Juventus but the more you think about it the more you think about the problems that they could cause City. But I think with a lot of these games, with it just being over one leg, it could come down to who you know who can just outscore their opponents. And um, you know, City are pretty potent in front of goal. Um, scored over a hundred goals in the Premier League this season, so they've got Kevin De Bruyne who is just on fire at the moment, playing you know out of this world. So if he has a good game, if he shows up, if Sterling plays well, if Gabriel Jesus presses, if Foden plays as well as he did the other night, then I think City can do it. But it's not going to be easy. But no Aguero. No, no. So it's pretty much been confirmed, uh, not officially, but the talk today is that he's going to be out for the whole of the tournament and possibly the start of next season with this knee injury, which was something I kind of expected anyway. Um, and it's a bit bit of a blow because obviously he's one of the best strikers in the world, but, but Gabriel Jesus did play really well against Real Madrid. Um, so I do think it's, uh, it's good to get him a bit of a run of, run of games because he looks confident at the moment. It felt like he blossomed a little bit in that game. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Guardiola said off the game that he's the best presser in the world. I don't know how true that is. Guardiola's known for uh, hyperbole a little bit, let's say. But um, but yeah, it, it is crucial to, to the way um, City played, the way he, he, he shuts down. You know, both, both the goals came from him pressing Varane uh, really well against Real Madrid. And they also used Foden in a pretty interesting way. They had him playing as almost like a false nine. Um, he kept dropping deep and, and really dragging the defenders out of position and opening up space for De Bruyne to thread passes through. So, it'd be interesting to see if City play like that again on uh, Saturday night. Guardiola's got to stop with that. <laughs> it's too much. I remember, remember he is like, oh, I just want a team full of Dantes or you know something along those lines. Oh, do you mean the yeah. the, uh, the praise stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's got to go. Yeah. The praise has got to go. Okay, Dan, you're going with a, a comfortable Leon win then. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> poor poor gear with Man City. No, I'm with uh, Musa Dembele. He, <laughs> my heart is with him. That, no, I, I think City will, City will be quite comfortable. I wasn't that impressed with Leon um, against UV, and a few decisions went against UV in both legs. That yeah, they favoured Leon a, a a bit 
like across the 180 minutes. So, yeah, City for me as well. Okay, and Joel, you're with City. Of course. As much as it pains you. <laughs> we should always support the English teams in Europe, Joel. You know this by now. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Uh, I, myself and Borg might have different thoughts about that. <laughs> yes, we, we might. We might. Uh, okay, that's all from us today. My thanks to Dan, Pork, and Joe. We'll be back next week to review all that's going on, or all that's gone on. Should you miss us in the meantime, you can listen to the back catalog on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast hit. And if you want to get in touch, the address to do so is podcastoverfootball.com. I never-